Welcome to Sage Insights, your go-to podcast for all things digital marketing, with your hosts, Alex and Michael, giving you unbiased and actionable insights that you can apply to your business that are straightforward and strategic. Improve your marketing strategy with what is actually working today. Enjoy. Hey everyone, this is Alex and Mike with Sage Digital Agency. We're here today to talk to you about protecting against WordPress security vulnerabilities. Got a lot of different bullet points we want to go over. The point being is let's do everything we can in order to safeguard your WordPress website and make sure that things are running as they should be. So Mike, how are you? Doing well, how are you? Excellent. So maybe we'll start by talking about in general, I've seen so often, Mike, that WordPress sites are just simply out of date, right? Whether it's the WordPress version, whether it's the plugins, whether it's the theme files, it seems to be a plague on many WordPress sites for whatever the case is, poor management, poor oversight that stuff just seems to be out of date. Am I right? Yeah, you know, I think because oftentimes a website can survive just being physically on, that often is overlooked. If you were to treat a website the same way that you would your car or your house, and you put the proper maintenance into it, whether it's the lawn and watering it regularly and fertilizing it or putting an oil change and tire tune-ups into your car, you treat your website the same way, you're going to get the same results where it's going to last much longer. I mean, sure, you can drive a car and you don't have to do an oil change for 60,000 miles, but how long is it going to last? Making sure that your plugins are kept up to date, making sure that your PHP version, which is the database, is kept up to date, depending on what time people are watching this podcast. MariaDB, which is probably the largest database for any sort of cPanel or WordPress hosting, has been set to be sunsetted or end of life. So within the next few weeks, that database isn't going to be supported, meaning a lot of hackers and bots are going to be looking to exploit sites that are still on that version because there's vulnerabilities that will be much more easily accessed. And as time goes on, developers are not going to be putting work into adding security patches, so it'll be much more accessible. Something you mentioned, by the way, this just happened to me with a new client of ours. Something like site was built about eight years ago. They're having problems, PHPs, not loading properly, issues with their current hosting company. They called us and said, hey, can you please do something? We constantly have issues. Things won't work. I log into the site. The last time the theme was updated, you won't believe this, 2014. I've seen a few of those. 2014, last time the theme is updated. Couldn't Obviously, things aren't working well. I always like to say, look, a website is a concert of many things working together in order to show your live website, right? One thing is out of whack, you're going to really have issues. It was really rather, rather simple. We migrated the website to our development platform. We updated everything, purchased a new theme, made everything work correctly, and voila, everything is as it should be. But it's surprising to me, again, that, look, there's two things. There's one is not taking care of the maintenance in general, as you've mentioned, right? Like, similar to a home, letting the lawn grow, letting things go out a long time without updating. But there's another thing when you're actually paying for quote unquote professional management and it's not being done properly. I mean, what kind of professional management allows underlying theme for six years to go unupdated? It's just shocking. The themes are probably the least of the concern. It's the outdated plugins that are made by third parties that are much more of a concern because at least in order for a theme to be accepted by WordPress, it has to be approved by WordPress. So they're going to have checked it at, at some point to make sure it's sound. A plugin, anyone can upload their plugin to WordPress and people can upload the zip file and extract it. There's no actual regulation for it. Yeah, there's a big difference between well-built plugins and plugins that are just random in order to do some one-off functionality. I said it many times to clients is, hey, there's a big difference, for example, from uh, buying direct from WooCommerce and knowing you're going to get a certain level of plugin development, whereas uh, you can just download some random thing and who knows what kind of damage it will do to the site. So that's a very good point. Sure. The other part is these random plugins, if they're not maintained and kept up to date with the 
existing WordPress code base, they might not be compatible and end up breaking. Yep. If you're not on top of it, I've seen several times before where customers are not getting their form submissions and that's due to their form contact plugin not being up to date. Yep, I've seen that recently. Recaptcha changed something with an update of WordPress version and uh, things went awry for a certain client of ours. Yeah, I saw that. What about access? Let's talk about access. I've seen oftentimes people will be giving out their uh, domain registrar access, their cPanel access rather flippantly, right? Have you, have you seen that? I think that maintaining a level of control is probably the, the first step from a development standpoint or as an ownership of a website, giving out your cPanel is like giving out your, your social security. There's certain people that should have access, but then most people should not. Outside of your trusted web developer, there's no need for anyone to have it because there's nothing that they're going to get out of it. If someone is updating a blog, you can set permissions within WordPress to give them access only to the blog. They should not have access to be updating themes or plugins or uh, adding extra files. And same for administrators. I think it's a, a good practice, especially if there's if you're an e-commerce site and you have a lot of employees accessing backend regularly. I think you need to do a quarterly or at least every six months an audit to understand who has access and what they're actually doing in the back end. Now, there's plugins and ways to monitor the logs to see how many people have accessed and when's the last time someone accessed. If someone hasn't accessed your site in weeks or months, they probably don't need access to it. So it's probably a good practice to remove it. Yeah, now, you can also Great. set restrictions on how tough of a password is. If someone's using the word password123 or the username admin, that's going to be very easy for a bot to guess or someone who is trying, you know, maybe a competitor or someone trying to access your back end. There's plugins like Scurry and uh, my personal favorite is WordFence. You can really lock down the back end. For instance, first of all, you can change the actual URL. So most people just use the default, the whatever, website.com forward slash WP admin. Anyone who is interested can easily see your code base from the developer tools and understand your sites on WordPress. And they can easily try to access WP admin just to see if that's accessible. One thing that certainly we try to do from a client standpoint, if we redirect the admin page, we can make it where if anyone tries to access WP admin, it'll automatically block them. If that's not the default URL for someone to be able to access the backend and someone tries to access it, obviously they don't know where they should be going and they really probably have no, have interest, no, business. Yeah. no business in uh -huh. accessing the backend. You can set default settings. So let's say you terminate an employee and they try to start accessing the back end. If they put in an invalid username or if they put in an invalid password too many times, we can block that IP. Mm -hmm. And that means that you know they're going to have to go through extra steps to try to get into the back end. WordFence also, of course, has a huge database of blacklisted IPs that uh, any access from that will automatically uh, deny them access to the site, which is wonderful, right? It's the benefit of having it on, on millions of websites. That's yeah. definitely a big one. And also, same, you can block uh, people who try to access your site with no refer, which often this is probably a setting that I see most often overlooked, which means if someone just accesses your site out of nowhere, and I'm not talking about going into Google and typing your name and accessing it there because then the refer is Google. If they just access your website as if it's a, a bot crawling a site, it'll block it. Obviously, you can make sure Google can block your, or you can make sure Google can crawl your site. But if someone has no refer, then why do they need to access your site? I've mm. never seen a use case where that would make sense. 
You made mention too about passwords. I think that's an excellent, there should be a certain level, as you said, it should not be password one, two, three, four is certainly not the, an acceptable password that should be generated. I personally uh, use LastPass. I love it. I don't know what any of my passwords are. I'm logged in with my devices and they're extremely secure. And we've uh, utilized Teams as well with LastPass, which is excellent for access for people. And again, granting access, and they don't even know what their passwords are. They just have it installed in their browser, which is pretty amazing too. Making sure that you have secured usernames and passwords, I think, are very important. It'll uh, put that base level of security just to make sure someone can't get into the back end of your mm-hmm. site. Because if it's guessable, then you know, even if you have logs and you know where it's coming from, it's not going to do you any good if someone's able to be uh, infiltrated. You made a great point too. Look, there might have been a reason why someone had access at a certain point, but if a couple of weeks, a couple of months goes by, why do they still need that access? If anything, just change the password so you're notified when uh, someone attempts access again, right? At the worst scenario. I think it's great. Get rid of it. If it needs it again, just go through the process of granting them access in the future. I agree. What about from an analytics perspective, monitoring for bots, issues like that? You made mention of that as well. Yeah, so you can get a lot of good data from Google Analytics or Adobe Analytics or Omniture, whatever you're using to monitor your your site. Now you can start to see if there's pages that are being crawled. Now this will give you an indication of how much of a risk you are for bots. If you find that there's a bunch of requests to random pages that you don't currently have, either you can put redirects in, or at least you can be aware that a bot's trying to crawl your site and you might need to add something like New Relic or something, you know, another high-level security platform to ensure that your site's secured. Great. Well, look, we went over a bunch of items with respect to vulnerability and how to secure them for WordPress. Is there anything that we've not touched upon? Yeah, I think the one thing that is an easy target are your forms. Often, whether it's a newsletter signup or a contact form or some PDF download form, oftentimes the forms are just put in and it's asking for a name, maybe a phone number, email address, and you have a submit button. Now, there's two things that you can easily input into most forms, and one is called a honeypot, which is a field that's not visible to the user, but it is visible on the back end. If someone goes to fill out the form, if I'm a user and I go to fill out a contact form and it's asking for a name, phone number, email address, and I press submit, that's three fields that should come through the server. Now, a honeypot adds a fourth one in where it's not visible to me, but a robot isn't going to know that because a robot is not looking at the front end of your site. It's looking at the back end of your site. It's going to go in and it's going to see four form fields and it's going to put a name. It's going to find, you know, be able to read that as a phone number. So it'll input a fake phone number and fake email address. What it's not going to do is understand that last field. It's, mm-hmm. it's a company name or a position. It's going to add some data in. And if you have any sort of upload, it's going to make sure that nothing actually goes into your server. That's the first part because if it's not visible and there's data in there, obviously it knows it's fake. Now, the other part is CAPTCHA and making sure that you're setting the right permissions on what you're allowing to be uploaded. For almost all cases, there's no actual need to upload anything besides a PDF or a JPEG or some sort of Word doc or Excel CSV. And those are all valid forms and you can't really insert PHP or any sort of malicious code. If you don't allow those to be blocked, someone can upload into your, uh, let's say you have an upload for a, a, like a, a file request or a license. You can upload a malicious script and that's embedded into any sort of text document. And then that server is, or that code base is going to live on the server. So just making sure that you have the right security permissions on a form field is something that will prevent a lot of sites from being attacked from within. Someone listening or or watching us talk about this subject now, we've made some points, right? So 
what can they do, right? They're either working with somebody at the moment, maybe they can ask questions and say, hey, are the following things from a 30,000 foot view being done? If they don't have proper management, maybe they should seek that out. I mean, what are some actionable steps that we can offer to people that are listening right now? You certainly should either ask someone who knows what they're doing or watch some YouTube videos and figure it out for yourself, but certainly making sure that your plugins and your core files are up to date. Obviously, before you update anything, you need to make sure you have a full backup. You need to make sure your plugins are maintained regularly, which is every couple of weeks at most, making sure you're using the current PHP and current database versions that are available, depending on the type of server you have. You can audit your users and make sure the only the people that need access to your site still have access. I've seen sites that have users that are three web development companies ago. Making sure that's clean, making sure you have some sort of security plugin at the bare minimum on your site, mm-hmm. like WordFence, like keeping an eye on that, making sure the right permissions are set. Now there's a ton of settings, so don't go crazy unless you know what you're doing. You can check Google Analytics, make sure that you have the proper, that, that you're not seeing random pages showing up that are trying to be found that aren't visible or aren't available and making sure that your contact forms are properly secured. Certainly. Wow. This is all great info. We'll put some links in the comments of this and we hope that uh, everybody listening and or watching got some, again, actionable tips on how to improve the security of their website and get rid of some vulnerabilities that are just frankly unnecessary and to a point that can be easily fixed. Thank you very much for the time and uh, more in the near future. Until next time. Take care.